The information in this podcast is general information and not advice. Sanford Financial is authorised under Australian Credit Licence Number 541480. Further information is available at stanfordfinancial.net. Hello and welcome to On The Couch With Steve. This is a podcast where we help you navigate the world of buying and selling real estate. Obviously, I'm Steve Athanades. I'm the owner of NG Real Estate here in Ipswich. Uh, today, very, very exciting. We are talking about interest rates. We're sitting here with Steve Beach from Stanford Financial. Welcome back, Steve. Great to have you back on board. Welcome back. Now, we've just had the announcement. Uh, we've, we're recording this about an hour after the event. We've just had the, uh, the announcement from the Reserve Bank. Steve, what happened? Well, as we sort of probably predicted last month, um, we, did rates, predict, we did predict it. We <laughs> did predict it. Rates still went up. Um, I, I thought they would have put it on hold. Like we said, there was a lack of information that they didn't have the full idea of what actually is happening with the economy. So, um, although they did announce today that they believe we have peaked in inflation, it went from seven point eight down to seven percent. So it's a massive drop. Which uh, everything is heading in the right direction. Exactly what they wanted to do. Um, Biggest thing still, um, you know, consumer spending still quite high. Uh, immigration into Australia was a big, big decision f factor in that as well. So there's a lot more cash coming into the country, which is also um, increasing um, where it's not steadily that that inflation as fast as what we like. So what we're seeing an increase in, in migration that's now impacting on the economy because these people have got money. Money and they're prepared to spend it. That's it, yep. And also, again, it's also starting to push up a little bit at the, the, the rental market. I heard the last podcast, we're talking about rents and everything along those lines. So there's more people coming into the country. Ultimately, initially, a lot of them can't buy houses until they sort of get residency here and everything along those lines. So they're in that rental market and, and uh, I guess competing against everybody else at the same time. All right, so interest rates went up by 0.25% today. Yep. Official cash rate is now... So it was 3.6, it's now 3.85, which yeah. is where a lot of the banks did actually predict that we were going to uh, end up at 3.85. Um, but they were also predicting that probably by August. So um, I guess we've hit that that, that milestone. Um, whether or not, I, I know there was a few people talking, you know, it, have we seen it? Um, Phil Lowe definitely did not hint that um, we have seen the last of the rate rises. Um, if if the economy still is... is strong he will potentially have to uh, lift rates again in the future but at this point in time since you had a uh, probably nine out of ten banks and economists predicting that rates were going to hold today and they went up it's probably a good indicator that the next movements should be uh, should be uh, if not the stabilizing at, at no ch rate changes until the end of the year where potentially we'll, we'll we talk about do. your prediction at the end <laughs> for what see if we get it right again next month but we'll talk about that in the end now uh, the Reserve Bank has has minutes of the meeting that they've had today. When do they release those minutes? Because that's when we tend to get an indication of what they're what they're thinking. So that that gets released at two thirty uh, on the day of the announcement. Um, so we've sort of siphoned through them and and again sort of talking and alluding to exactly what they sort of talked about last last month. Um, you know, so the inflation figures, um, I guess, again, talking about what's happening in, in global economies around the world as well. So we're actually doing it a lot better than a lot of the other countries out, outside of Australia. Um, so we're still seeing 
um, inflation increasing in, in exponential in other countries around the world is where uh, I guess the RBA have, although we may not feel like it's the right decision, but with all these sharp rate rises, uh, Australia is definitely lining up to be in a lot better financial position than, than a lot of these other countries at the moment. Now, what happened overseas? What's, since our last podcast, we'd obviously seen some institutions uh, go belly up in the US and in, um, in Europe. Has there been any further developments no, on that? No, not really. There hasn't been too much of a change um, moving factors that, that way. But um, I guess a lot of it to do with the cash rate and movements within in Australia, and particularly in the mortgage market, which is what I sort of base it on. Um, if you look to America where they sort of fix the rates for the life of the loan, so essentially they take out 30-year fixed rates. As we're here in Australia, we only go up to five years in fixed rates, so one, two, three, four, five. Um, predominantly, we find most Australians are actually sitting on variable rates, and this cash rate actually actually will predetermine and move our, I guess, repayments on our mortgages up and down based upon um, you know, where the cash rate is situated. So um, I guess the moving of the cash rate in other countries, it doesn't have as, uh, I guess, much of an impact as what we're seeing here in Australia with the fact that we've got more than 50% of, of uh, borrowers on variable rates. I'm going to be honest. I had no clue that in America it was a 30-year fixed rate. Like. It's quite bizarre, really, isn't it? And it's, it's great for them, like you said. So if they do get a 1% rise, is it then fixed for the rest, the, for the life of the loan? Or it's, if it comes back down, does it... It doesn't move. So once you set your repayments over there, it's set. So essentially, you see probably a short-term fixed rate over there would be sort of 10 years, but most of them are just fixed for life. So that's what your repayment is from there. And then mm-hmm. keeping in mind, um, we also talk about, you know, second mortgages and third mortgages and stuff like that. So there's there's people that they have their set mortgage and then ultimately they'll do a top up like we do. But generally here in Australia, we'll chop and change. We'll go from one bank to another. Uh, yes. Over there, they sort of fairly regimented and they'll just stay with the one bank. Right. Okay. Interesting. Now, uh, obviously, I know there's been some new developments uh, with the federal government and some of the schemes that are on offer, in particular, first homeowners and things like that. So you had some fairly interesting information that you wanted to share with everyone today. So I guess um, uh, announced only just recently is um, the government is extending the first home loan deposit scheme that they've been running. So that was a a Liberal government uh, intervention, which is that uh, you only need 5% deposit and the government will guarantee the other 15%. So that's now going to continue on into next financial year because it was, they always finish it on the 30th of June. Yep. Um, So this comes into effect as of the 1st of July. So they're essentially loosening some of the rules. So... um, it was for only Australian citizens. Now it's reduced down to permanent residents of Australia. So it opens up to um, a lot of other people that, that have come to the country but haven't chose to go and become a citizen. Um, also, they're um, changing some of the rules where you don't necessarily have to be a f- first-home buyer. So as long as you haven't owned a house in 10 years, um, you are now considered eligible for, for that 5% deposit scheme. Um, they've also opened up, um, which not a lot of people know about, is there's there's the first home loan deposit scheme. There's also what they call as the family home scheme, which means if you're a single parent, so uh, an adult with with a child, um, you actually only need two percent deposit, and the government will guarantee the other eighteen percent. And they've actually extended that out to uh, legal guardian with a child. So whether um, you know if, if a grandmother is uh, a legal guardian, guardian of of a child, um, they are now eligible for the the that family home guarantee. So you don't have to be a first home buyer, just as long as you're a, a single parent. No reason. You also told me off air about some developments where 
you don't need to be in a relationship. Uh, yes. You can, like, two two mates could buy a house together. That's it. So uh, it used to be under the first home loan deposit scheme again, or, or these schemes, um, is that it was generally considered a couple or, you know, a married or de facto. Now it's opened up to um, two mates, two brothers, brother, sister, mum and son. Um, so literally any two parties can come together uh, as long as they've got that 5% genuine savings um, can can be part of that government eligible So scheme. for them, they either have to be first homeowners or they have to have not owned a house for 10 years. For 10 years, yeah. So even too, I guess this is really important. I, I, and I guess uh, there's some people out there who uh, have been in the rental market for an extended period of time. Now, at different times, we obviously went through the global financial crisis in 2008. Eight. Now, some people, unfortunately, lost their house in 2008 and then may have been in the rental market ever since. Now, for those people who obviously suffered really severely through something that was generally not speaking their own fault, mm. uh, they're now, it's well over 10 years since that event's occurred. Those people can now come back and say, hey, I've been good, you know, I've been saving hard, I want to buy back into the rental market and I want some government assistance and they can get it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and we're seeing it, it more and more. This is going to help a lot of those people moving forward, but even just recently, we, we're still getting a lot of people where they're getting a, uh, been renting for a while, um, their parents want to, are now retired and got come into some money and they want to gift their, their, their child some money to help them get into the, to buy their own home. Um, with a gift letter from mum and dad and a rental ledger, um, you essentially need zero deposit as long as mum and dad can front you that first five percent and you've been renting for six months um, a lot of the banks out there can actually still put you through that first home loan deposit scheme look and wow i think i think that's really exciting because uh, for a lot of the parents out there this is probably their number one fear is they're thinking well how are my kids going to afford to get into the property market you know how are they going to save in, a, in an environment where everything's just getting dearer and dearer and dearer how are they going to save a five percent deposit so you're now saying mum and dad get to the end of their working life They've saved hard. They've obviously got money in super and all those sorts of things. They can now say to kids, here's your 5%. You know, just show us your rental ledger that, you know, and away they can go. Away they go, yep. And if you think, you know, it's still a lot of money, but you think on a four hundred or $500,000 purchase, 5% of 400000 is is twenty grand plus probably a 1500 to two grand in, in legal fees um, of, of stamp duty transfers and stuff like that. So, you know, for a 22 grand or 23 grand or, or even uh, we've, I've recently had a um, client sold their car because the, the car market's gone up just as fast as the housing market, um, sold their car, was renting. So they sold the car for 25000 went and found a house for 460000 They had the 5%. So just from the sale of an asset. Wow, 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 wow. All right, so... With the um, with those people who can get into the market, their their situation, do they still pay stamp duty if their purchase is less than five hundred thousand? Only for your first home buyers. So, um, so this is still maybe someone who hasn't owned a house for ten years. No, so that they haven't uh, come through and announced any sort of uh, stamp duty concessions for for previous. But ultimately, by buying a house uh, under five hundred thousand, you still get the principal place of resident stamp duty concession, which is roughly speaking, right now, don't hold it to me, but I think it's seven thousand two hundred fifty dollars um, is your discount off your stamp duty by um, buying it as your actual place of residence. Principal place of residence. And look, let's face it, seven grand, it's nothing to sneeze at. It's a fairly uh, great sort of leg up into the marketplace. So absolutely fantastic. Any other news in the finance world that we need to know about? Not at this stage. I suppose if you were CBA, you'd be you know, rooting and tooting because you're the only one that actually predicted the uh, the 2.5, other than us. Other than uh, us. Of course. We said it. We said it here last month. We told you. <laughs> Kudos, Steve. Well done, brother. But um, but yeah, so no, not not anything really drastic. But again, like I said, I 
I think we're at the peak of, well, we're definitely at the peak of inflation. So, um, you know, we're definitely going to see a, a decrease there. I guess with in regards to potential rate rises moving forward, um, the biggest, scariest market is EFS, so end of financial year sales. Uh, there are <coughs> a lot of consumer spending, like we spend almost as much money in June as we do in December. Um, so I guess it's uh, whether or not we can sort of hold back buying those new TVs and PlayStation 5s and, and bits and pieces um, to see if we can keep those interest rates uh, stable where they are. And then ultimately, as everyone's sort of predicting at this point in time, maybe even as early as December, we may start seeing some of these rate cuts um, come through, but definitely into, into 2024, I think they will start to reduce rates again because inflation is definitely teetering down. Um, what they don't want to do is, is essentially fall it so far that we fall into an actual recession. Um, what, what we need to do is, is essentially a soft landing of, yes, sharp, um, what we've sort of come through, um, but yeah, I guess the target inflation rate is between two and 3%. They're anticipating that it's going to be 4.5% by the end of the year and then wow. down to sort of sort of three, three and a half percent by 2025. So, um, you know, again, it's a 18 months to two year, uh, I guess, sliding scope that they're looking at. So it's not just now, it's it's what the economy is going to be looking like in 18 months time as well. Awesome. Awesome. Now, this is drum roll time. This is prediction time, boys. You tech boys, drum roll time. So what's going to happen next month? Now, bearing in mind, let's say everyone's naughty and we start buying cars and all sorts of things and doing all sorts of weird things, spending money. Inflation doesn't drop come the next month. Okay, what if it rose? Like, you know, if, it, if it actually went to say back to 7.2% or something like that, what happens? And generally speaking, if it doesn't rise and even if it doesn't go down, what's going to happen next month? Again, this is you know debatable. What I I personally don't think rates are going to rise next month. Um, I'm probably with Nab, who was predicting a sort of August potential rate rise. Um, with the fact that it's risen today, with the statistics that's actually come out, that's a little bit lower than what we're anticipating. GDP is really uh, going well in Australia. Um, we've also you know, I guess moving forward, I still think rates will hold next month. Um, I think. Let's see how we go for uh, June's inflation data for the for the. Well, I think order. I think that's the telling factor. I'm going to jump off the fence. I'm going to tip against you. Okay, you're saying they're going to go on hold. Yes. Just to make it interesting, I'm <laughs> saying we're going to get one more little kick right, in yeah. the backside, and, and just hopefully that may be the end of it. Because I'm concerned if we don't get another one. Maybe people's habits don't change enough, mm. and then all of a sudden we end up, instead of getting one more, we might end up with two or three more. So I think you're right overall about what's going to happen towards the end of the year, but I'm tipping we might get one more. I guess we're probably predetermined with what happens with unemployment as well. So unemployment's still sitting at a 33-year um, low. Low, yeah. Um, you know, so we're less than 1.5% unemployment in Australia at the moment, so we're the horrible thing to think about it but the target rate is sort of between three and four percent as well so um if that slowly increases then rates won't move but uh if we're still sitting at a sub 1.5 you may be on the money there and i'll owe you a beer okay happy days that's really excited me now before before we finish off um i think it's probably only fair we give some kudos to the australian government like at the end of the day you're saying compared to the rest of the world 
we're actually faring pretty well. We're doing very well. Um, fears of recession and all that kind of stuff, which is what a lot of people were concerned about with these sharp rate rises, is that we would fall into a recession. But GDP strong. Um, so essentially, the Australian economy is, is doing really, really well. Yes, it's too high as far as CPI is concerned, but um, the, the, the RBA is, is doing the right the right thing. There's probably, you know, me as a, I have a mortgage. I, I don't want to see rates go up anymore at all. But um, I don't either. I'll, I'll say that I don't want them to go up. We want to see them go no back one, down. No one, no one does. We want them to go back down and obviously take some pressure off off people with the cost of living because mm. it is really quite severe at the moment. But you keep going. But yeah. So uh, as I was saying, uh, like Australian economy is 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 definitely um, stronger than most out there in, in the rest of the world at this point in time. So with with America still, um, they're still in, in, in growth uh, rate at the moment where they need to be, be dropping. Um, they're still printing money too, aren't they? They are definitely printing money. Um, one thing that, that we haven't had to see yet. Um, I guess big thing and, and probably something we'll talk about on the next podcast, next Tuesday is the budget. Um, from, from from the federal election. so Sneaky tease. I like it. So sneaky, we'll, sneaky tease. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see what comes out of that. Um, that'll probably have some weight bearing on next RBA announcement as well, depending on what sort of government expenditure they're going to look at doing as well. So that's probably going to be a big thing. Well, I think, it's, I think they're going to spend money because obviously all these new incentives, they're showing that they're concerned about um, the amount of houses that are available for people to either rent or to, to, to live in generally. So they're trying to stimulate that, that marketplace. Well, they're talking about uh, producing, I think, 7,000 new homes um, for people that are in financial hardship and everything, mostly like you know, um, community living. So, um, you know, they the government can't control... Um, the supply of houses, they can control the demand. Um, a big thing moving forward is, is um, I know there's a lot of talk, particularly from the Greens, in regards to uh, abolishing negative gearing effects for uh, investment um, property Um <laughs> Whether you like it or you don't like it, the only concern I have with that is if you abolish negative gearing, it's only going to push um, people who own investment properties to raise the rent higher. Because they, if they're not going to be negatively geared, they want them to be positively geared. So rent's only going to continue going up. So maybe instead of de-incentivizing the, the property owners, incentivize them to drop the rental prices and give them more tax relief at that tax time. So Well, even if they did that, the only choice the government then has is they have to build a whole heap of public housing because there won't be enough houses. That's it. So even if they take away the tax deduction, they then have to foot the cost of building all these new homes themselves, That's it. which means the, the taxpayer, you and I, would have to pay for it. So yes, let's, let's not hope for that. Now, <laughs> we will obviously talk uh, next month, next month about... What happens with interest yep. rates? The flip of a coin. So they're up 0.25%. Cash rate is 3.85%. You think they're on hold? I think they're on hold. I think one more, unfortunately, maybe one more one more time, but we'll see what happens. But thanks for tuning in uh, and to, I guess to hear and see more of what we're talking about on the couch with Steve. Please subscribe below. You won't regret it. Uh, special thanks, as always, to our special guest here, Steve Beach from Stanford Financial, doing an amazing job. Need a loan, this guy over here. So uh, if you have any opinions about what we've talked about today, please don't be shy. Reach out. Tell us what you're thinking about the content of our podcast and, I guess, the relevance of what we're talking about. We'd really love to hear from you. So please stay tuned for more On The Couch With Steve. 